the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is Victory Lane with Reverend Lawrence Gray Sr., Associate Minister of Grace Bible Fellowship, Antioch, California, where Kirkland A. Smith is the senior pastor. Now, Victory Lane. Greetings in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Welcome to Victory Lane. I am your host, Reverend Lawrence Gray. Come with us now as we travel down the highway of life through the preaching and the teaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ to a lost and dying world, recruiting sinners who do not know Jesus in the pardon of their sins while encouraging believers to remain steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. And remembering this scripture always, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever would believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And the John 3.16, the 17th verse reads like this, For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. We might be saved through Jesus Christ. How we might be saved through Jesus Christ? By confessing him as Lord and Savior. For Romans 10 and 9 says, If thou confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thine heart that God raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Amen, amen, amen. We thank you for tuning in today. We're going to continue our teaching and lesson on the subject of temptation. Amen. Let us pray. Most gracious and everlasting God, we come to you this morning thanking you for your goodness, your grace, and your mercy. God, we bless your name. We honor you, and we give you glory, and we give you honor, and we give you praise. We thank you for this blessed hour, Lord, to speak your word, Lord, to thus women, boys, and girls, and and all who are listening, Lord, that your word go forth, Lord, to make us uh, better equipped men and women of God. And if there's someone who don't know you in the pardon of their sins, may they cry out, what must I be saved? Now let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer, in Jesus' name and for his sake, amen, amen, amen. So we're going to pick up on 2 Corinthians, the 10th chapter. Get your Bibles and your notebooks, and uh, we're going to go from there, okay? 2 Corinthians, the 10th chapter. We're talking about temptation. That's the subject matter. And one of the things that happens with temptation that that we must do, because it starts within our mind, it starts within our heart. You cannot act on temptation unless you think about doing something that leads you to temptation, that leads you to sin. You cannot do that unless you think about it first. Like I said before, you got to think it, you got to plan it, you got to act upon it, and then you do it. So the Bible has a remedy for that, and it says this in 2 Corinthians, the 10th chapter, looking at the uh, third verse. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. 
Though we are walking in our flesh, we do not battle against our flesh. That's what it's simply saying. Verse 4 says, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They're not sensuous. They're not lustful. They're not uh, physical. They're not sexual. But the weapons of our, of our warfare but are mighty through God pulling down of strongholds. Pulling down of strongholds that may uh, keep you, uh, hold you back. Pulling down strongholds that stopping you from serving God. Pulling down strongholds that you succumb, succumb to and give into, leading to temptation, leading through the lust of your flesh. Pulling down strongholds. And so say, verse 5 says, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Remember I said it, it starts in your mind? Casting down imaginations. Oh, Lord, have mercy. Casting down those thoughts, imagining what it would be like, imagining what it would feel like, imagining what it would taste like, imagining doing it, imagining. The Bible says casting down imaginations. You got to cast them down. Check this out. You may not can control every thought that comes into your mind, as I said this before, but you can control how long you think about it. Amen? Amen. So we got to cast, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Everything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and knowing God, we got to cast down against the knowledge of God. We some, some thoughts you can think they are higher than God. He said, cast down all those, every high thing, every high thing, whatever that high, your high thing is. He said, every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. If it comes before God, you got to cast it down against the knowledge of God. And bringing, check this out, into captivity. I got to bring it into captivity. Every thought to the obedience of Christ. How do I bring in? How do I bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ? Here, here, it's very simple. I got to thank God. I got to thank God. I got to think holy. I got to think righteous. I got to think uh, what's pure. I got to bring every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. I have to capture that thought that's taking me, that's leading me, that may lead me astray. I got to bring it into captivity. And how I bring it into captivity is what I think about that releases me from what I'm thinking. I bring it into captivity to the to every thought, to the obedience of Christ. In other words, I'm following Christ. I'm a Christian, a soldier of the cross. I got to bring my thoughts into the obedience of what God would want me and see for me to do. Every thought got to come that way. Because if it don't come that way, then I'm opening up myself to be led astray and to fall into the snare of my temptation and commit the act of sin. Simple as that. Uh, 
Flip Wilson had a show years ago. Some of y'all may not know this. You know, we uh, uh, old school folks know this. And he played this character called Geraldine. He dressed up as a woman. He was a man. And Geraldine's favorite line was, somebody said, the devil made me do it. The devil made me do it. Remember those cartoons that used to come on TV? I don't see them too much anymore, but uh, you, uh, a person or the character is getting ready to do something wrong, and then there's an angel on the right shoulder cartoon figure and an angel and a devil cartoon figure on the left shoulder. And the angel on the right shoulder is saying, don't do it. And then the uh, devil character angel on the left shoulder is saying, do it. And that's what we come up against. We come up against that because it's in our hearts and in our minds. And in our hearts and in our minds and what we do and how we act is how we're going to act. So here it is. Do it. No, don't do it. Do it. No, don't do it. Do it. No, don't do it. Ain't nobody going to see you. Do it. No, don't do it. Somebody is going to see you. So we, we come up against this, this fight. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but to the pulling down of strongholds and, and, and through the obedience of Christ, casting down every, every imagination to the obedience of Christ. Well, I got to walk Christ. I got to be Christ. I got to live Christ. That's why the Bible says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. See, the devil can't make you do anything. Let's get that straight. The devil cannot make you do anything. You decide to do it when you are tempted from the devil, of the devil. But the devil cannot make you do it. Period. You decide to, if you want to, do whatever you're going to do. And the temptation that comes from the devil could lead you astray to do it. But the devil is not making you do it. It's you who are making you do it. If you want to see the devil, look in the mirror. Simple as that. Meaning what? The, the, this person I'm looking at in the mirror is the one who's going to decide whatever I do. The devil didn't make me do it. The devil can can uh, uh, co uh, entice me uh, and coerce me and, and uh, 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 allure me, but he cannot make me do it. I do it when I want to do it because I want to do it. And remember this, 1 Corinthians 10 and 13. That's the crux of this, uh, of this teaching is this. I want to read it to you. I want to read it to you so you can know. There had no temptation taken you, but such is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not let you be tempted above what you are able, but with the temptation also make a way to escape that ye may be able to bear it. So I say it again, and I'll say it again. Ain't no temptation. Ain't, ain't. <laughs> Okay, I'm, I'm from I'm from the hood. There is no temptation, okay, for all you uh, scholars out there. There is no temptation. Let me go back to the hood. There ain't no temptation. <laughs> I like that better. <laughs> there ain't no temptation taking you, but such is common to men. In other words, there's no temptation that you're going to come up against that has not already happened to somebody, which is common to men. But, check this out. 
God is faithful. God is faithful. Let me say that again. God is faithful. And what he'll do is deliver you out of it. He is faithful in his word because this is the promise. God will, this is his promise, will not suffer you to be tempted, will not let you be tempted, will not tempt you to be tempted above what ye are able to stand. God is not going to put a temptation out there in front of you that you cannot stand up to it. Let me say that again. God is not going to put a temptation out there that you cannot stand up to it, in which you are able to stand up to it. But, the temptation is still there, but will, with the temptation, here's the temptation that I can stand up to, and this is what God will do. God will, with the temptation, also make a way to escape. Also make a way to escape. In other words, what? I don't have to do it. God is going to make sure God is going to make sure that with my temptation, with your temptation, that there will be a way for you to escape it, not succumb to it, not to give it to it. God is going to make a way for you to escape it that ye may be able to bear it. You're going to be able to, to, to withstand it and go on about your business. Now, if you give in to it, that's on you. That's on you, that's on you, you, you. Don't blame it on God. And don't blame it on the devil. It's on you. God's going to make a way to escape. The devil's going to lead you to hopefully do it. But God is going to make a way for you to escape. Now check this out. Even though, you know, that's easier said than done. You know, I mean, okay, yeah, you're talking good. It's easier said than done. But to live it? And, and to go through it is another thing. Let's look at Paul. Look at Paul. Go to Romans 7. I love this. I, I love this about Paul. I love this, this, this teaching where Paul talked about the life and the spirit of God. Romans the 7th chapter. Okay? Let's look at verse 15 and 17. We're going through, going through, go through verse 25. But we're going to take it in segments. As I said before, the Bible is broken in books. The books are broken in chapters. The chapters are broken in verses. And the verses are seg- uh, 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 s- uh, sectioned off in subject and or thoughts. Okay? So don't read the Bible like, it, like you're reading a novel. Don't read the Bible like it's a storybook. When you come to that chapter and you go through those verses, discern what this particular verse or two, three verses are saying, stop, because guess what? It's going to another thought. Stop, it's going to another thought. And you got to be able to read like that when you read the Bible. Don't read it like it's a, a regular book, because it's not. It's not. It's the most powerful book in the world. There's, there's more copies of the Bible than any other book in the world. And you know what I find, what I find fascinating about the Bible is this. It's the same stories, the same stories, the same uh, uh, things being told, revelations of God, the same stories every time it's spoken of. It will never change. The written written word of God will never change. And guess what? 
you have, it's been written over what, thousands of years? And you have thousands of preachers who have preached the same stories, taught the same stories over and over again and again and again, thousands and thousands of years. What's so magnificent about that is that each time that story is told, it's a new revelation of God. It's a new revelation being taught to you, being preached to you. Five preachers preaching the same same subject, same book, same chapter, same verse, and you will get five different revelations. Only God can do that. You can't get that from no other book but the Bible, the Holy Bible of God. Let's look at Paul and what he went through. Now, I love Paul because to me, Paul is about the third greatest man in the Bible, God, Jesus, and then I like Paul. 13 books that he wrote in the, in the, in the New Testament. Uh, a fire starter of six or seven churches. Galatians, Ephesus, Philippi, Colossus, that's Malika, uh, uh what else? Philemon, Philippi, uh, Titus, Timothy, and First and Second Timothy. Paul wrote a, a, a lot of stuff. You know, he wrote a lot of stuff in the Bible, and and he is. And guess what? Although he was a man of God, he went through a whole lot of stuff. He wrote the book of, of Corinthians and, and Acts, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, First and Second Thessalonians, First and Second Timothy. Titus, Philemon, and some say he even wrote Hebrews. That's, a, that's, that's up for debate with some scholars, okay? But here's Paul, the greatest New Testament preacher in the Bible other than Jesus Christ. Paul, I consider that. That's me. That's personal. Okay, here's Paul, powerful man of God, powerful. Know the word. Living holy, doing righteous, doing the best he could do. But yet, Paul, Paul himself went through this. And he says this in Romans 7 chapter, verse 15 through 17. Let me start at 14. For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal, sold under sin. I'm carnal. I'm in my flesh. I'm sold under sin. I'm sold under sin in my flesh. The the God said, "In uh, man was man was created. I was born in sin, shaped in iniquity. So that's me. That's that's all of us. But I am carnal in my flesh. For that which I do, I allow not. For what I would, that do I not. But what I hate, that do I." That do I. He says, for that which I do, I allow not. For that what I'm supposed to do, I don't do. For what I would, that do I not. For what I'm supposed to do, I don't do it. But what I hate, that I do. I don't want to do this. What I hate, the thing that I hate, I'm doing it. Then he says in 16, if then I do that which I would not, I consent unto the law that it is good. If then I do, which I would not, what I don't want to do, I consent unto the law of God 
that it is good. I consent unto the law of God. It is good if I do that, which I, which I should not do. Because I'm obeying God's word. And if I'm obeying God's word, I'm consenting that God's word is good. But if I do it, that which I would not, I'm consenting to the obedience of Christ. And then he says in verse 17, Now then, it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. It's no more me that's doing this. It's not me. It's not you. It's sin dwelling in me, born in sin, shaped in iniquity. It's sin dwelling in me that I do it. It's not me that's doing it, but sin that dwelleth in me. All of us have and come short of the glory of God. Sin is dwelling within us to act upon if we choose to do so. Verse 18 and 19. For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. For to will is present with me. But how to, for, to perform that which is good, I find not. I'm reading the King James translation. I love it. I don't know what NIV say. I'm sure it's, it's similar. But nothing is profound as King James to me. Okay, And y'all understand what I'm saying because this is simple. He said, for I know that in me, that is in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. Ain't nothing good in me, in my flesh. Nothing, 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 nothing. Nothing that dwelleth me is no good thing. Then he said, for to will is present with me. I want to do it. I want to do what's good. I want to do what's right. I want to do what's holy. But how to perform that which is good, I find not. But I can't do it. How to perform it, I can't find how to do it. Because in my flesh dwelling no good thing. For, for, to, for, for me to will it, it's present with me to do God's will. But how to do it, how to perform it, I find not. I can't find it. I can't find how to do it. Why? Why? Because evil is ever present with me. Verse 19, he says, For the good that I would, I do not. But the evil which I would not, that I do. Huh? For the good that I would, I don't do. For the good that I'm supposed to do, for the good that I'm supposed to do, I would not. I don't do it. I don't do it. I know I'm not supposed to do this. I know I'm not supposed to go over there. I know, I know, I know, I know I'm not supposed to do it. I ain't supposed to do it. But the evil, because it's evil, temptations lead to sin, and sin is evil. But the evil, which I would not, I don't want to do this. <laughs> oh, that's why you cry, huh? That's why you feel bad, huh? That's why you feel regret, huh? That's why you feel remorse, huh? When you sin. At least you should. And if you don't, check yourself. 
But how to perform that which is good, I find not. But the evil which I would not, the evil which I don't want to do, that I do. I don't want to do this. You ever, you ever sin and then you, then you feel real bad afterwards? Well, you should. You should. And then you should do something about it. When you don't feel, check this out. When you don't feel convicted by the Holy Spirit, after you have committed the act of sin, you need a real, 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 real uh, uh, repentant heart. Because what happened is, I talked about this before, you get a seared conscience, there's no more remorse, there's no more regret, there's no more sorry, there's no more repentant. God, forgive me for that one. If you ain't hollering that, you stuck uh, my sister, you stuck my brother into your own self. And you need to come up out of that for the evil that you would do and you do it. Oh my God. Pray. Pray. And come up out of that. But the evil which I don't want to do, I do. I, I, do. I don't want to do it, but I do it. I don't want to do it, but I do it. Come on now. Come on now. You got to draw the line somewhere. You got to draw the line somewhere because there's no more excuses. Join Reverend Gray next week as he continues the teaching on temptation. You can hear all Reverend Gray's teachings at gospel1190.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.